This is a HeadGum Podcast. You know, healthy snacks have a bad rap, you know, because let's be honest, most of them taste like garbage. You know, they're not very good. They, you know, they don't even fill you up and they don't satisfy that craving. The healthy stuff. Yeah, they especially don't. And this episode is sponsored by Monk Pack, who's makes snacks that taste like your favorite sugary treats, but with only one gram of sugar or less. Can you believe it? Yeah, you guys. It's unbelievable. I, I, I would hang out with this kid growing up named Chris Berry. He's a good buddy of mine, still friends with him. Mm-hmm. And his mom and dad would get the best snacks. And like my parents didn't have any good snacks. We've talked about it on the show before, but Chris and his family would get like delicious snacks. Yeah. And they always had like whatever like the little granola bar was. Yes. But not like the little low they had like the high end that were basically just like candy bars. Right. But they were right. like quote unquote granola bars. Packed with sugar, loaded with garbage, but, and I went crazy on them. I'd eat five, you know, six, I'd eat the whole box. Their family didn't care. They had tons of money. They were in the lumber business. But as an adult, I want to eat healthy. I'm looking for that thing. I I want to scratch that itch that I had when I was a kid. Monk Pack does it because they're keto nut and seed bars. Like Eugene said, they contain one gram of sugar or less two to three grams of net carbs, and they're only 150 calories. Yeah. So I'm getting that Chris Berry granola bar treat, but I'm not getting any of the garbage that comes with it, and I'm actually getting some nutrition. Yeah, and you know, if you're, you're trying to just eat better or cut back on sugar um, or, or cut back on carbs without sacrificing taste, this is a great bar for you because it, it's good for you, for anyone who is also following the keto lifestyle. And I mean, I'm not following the keto lifestyle, but I love the fact that these bars are tasty and they're not hurting my caloric intake or my macros at all. And I, I and and, and it it scratches that itch for me. Eugene and I are freaking bar freaks, so we're always <laughs> we're always on a bar hunt. We're trying stuff. You go to your grocery store, health food store. They've got a big old aisle full of bars. We're trying to, we're trying to go off the beaten path. They're always either not good, you know, just chalky tasting, yeah, or sh- horrible ingredients. So it's like I might as well just eat the straight up candy bar, right? But these these suckers are soft. They're chewy. They got salty sweet. They've got delicious flavors like caramel sea salt, sea salt dark chocolate, dark. Uh, dark chocolate, peanut butter. I'm a peanut butter, dark chocolate guy. I'm a sea salt, dark chocolate guy. I love dark chocolate and they do it right. And they're, and, and it's not too sweet. It's just like, it's the perfect amount. And you know, we said it is a nut and seed bar. So you'd assume that's probably like as hard as a rock, but no, it's soft and chewy. And that's what you want. Totally soft and chewy. Also good, like good, legit ingredients, not yes. crazy, weird sweeteners, no. no chemicals or garbage in there. It's, it's all gluten fun free. Stuff. It's plant yeah. based. It's, it's non GMO. It's uh, no, no soy, uh, trans fat, sugar, alcohols, or artificial colors. I mean, it's good. Yep. And, uh, you know, you can shop and get these things online. You're avoiding another trip to the grocery store. Uh, you get it delivered right to your door. Slam yeah. dunk. You never have to make a bad choice on a snack because you got these bars coming to your door and you can always go for the healthy option and not have to sacrifice taste. Right. So try it for yourself and you'll see. And we have a special deal for all of the Dumbbells listeners out there. Get 20% off your first purchase of any Monk Pack product by visiting monkpack.com and enter our code DUMBBELLS at checkout. 
And Monk Pack is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, any at all, they'll exchange the product or refund your money, whichever you prefer. To get started, just go to monkpack.com. That's M U N K P A C K. Dot com and select any product and enter the code dumbbells at checkout to save 20% off your purchase. Monk Pack, delicious, nutritious foods you can count on. We thank them for sponsoring this podcast. This is the Dumbbells, the personal fitness podcast where we are Eugene Cordero. And me, I'm Ryan Stanger. We have discussions and answer questions on all things health and fitness. This is solely based on our own working experience, a little bit of bro science. So please keep in mind we're not doctors, never claim to be. Uh-uh. Just a couple of dumbbells. Love ourselves some fitness, want to help you with yours. And the help can start right now. Nah. What's up, dude? Um, What's let's- up? Let's uh, welcome our guest since he is patiently waiting for those seconds that it took us to get through that intro. And get him on the to- horn. Get, let's get him on the horn ASAP. Yeah, yeah. This, that's what Zoom is now called, right? The horn? The horn, babe. Dope. Uh, Connor Ratliff, what's up, my dude? Welcome Hi. to it. It was a pleasure to wait through that. Oh. I love, I love, I love <laughs> the energy. Treat. Yeah. Yeah. What a treat. You know, so, you're welcome. Yeah. For, I mean, it's uh, so long and it's so, so you know filled with so many words that people hate <laughs> like doctors and stuff um but yeah connor has an awesome podcast also here on the gum gum network yeah on the giddy um gum gum in the head gum yeah. family correct yeah dead eyes that's right i'm part of the fam yeah you know when we go on that major um cross-country tour in the summer of oh a package tour i can't wait to do a, pa- a package tour a headgum package the, tour where they can the get a little stars bit of, of headgum i want to see a big banner and i want to see a poster that has all the all little heads and little stars where the stars of headgum yeah i would love it i would love it you remember i don't know if if uh in the 80s they used to do these videos on you can find them on youtube for nbc where all the different stars of the different sh- tv shows were all dancing together and they were. It, I it was don't like solid. remember that. I mean, they they have not aged well because, of course, Bill Cosby is in all of them. Sure, but sure. It's like it's like the Golden Girls are there, and oh, nice. the cast of Night. And it's and some of the times you can. It's fascinating because some people clearly were able to be there on the same day as everybody else, oh, and then yeah. other people clearly they were like had a separate shoot day. Yeah, but yes. uh, they used to do these like they'd be like a minute or a minute and a half long like music video that would be like NBC. It's the only place to be, and it was it was really like a team spirit sort of oh my don't, goodness you don't see that as much yeah, anymore no. they used no, to that do was like, back when you if you did if you were a film person and you did tv you were dead because you were having to like you know go yeah. out there and chill for nbc and do, yeah you know battle the network yeah. stars you know for oh that's know. what it was like battle of the network stars where they would have like competitions and stuff right all that yeah, yeah but i i remember what you're talking about connor yeah, that shit was wild. <laughs> and let's bring it back. I would love to see Battle of the po- of the Podcast Network stars. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, it'd be awesome. That, that would be awesome. You just listen to them compete in sports? <laughs> <laughs> I do love the uh where they couldn't get somebody and it like the uh like the chroma key effects are so bad they're just like in front of something. They it's in uh the Super Bowl shuffle. They didn't get Walter Payton. And so like everybody else is there. And then when Walter Payton comes in to do his rap, he's completely from somewhere else, you know. And it's yeah, like, yeah. he's clearly shot 
six months later. Yeah, he's off hastily season. patched in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's oh, great. Man. Yeah. So, I love uh, all that shit. Th- th- your podcast is is riveting. Uh, it's a great story. For people that don't know, I mean, it's not too much of a tease because you lay the premise out there early on. It's just you <laughs> figuring yeah. out as much as you can and getting other people's stories. But uh, yeah, I was I was cast in a tiny part in Dead Eyes the day before I was supposed to film. I got a call. Uh, oh, I you mean a tiny part? Tiny part in, in Band uh, of Brothers. Band of Brothers. Oh, sorry. No, yeah, sorry. I misspoke. See, this yeah. is this is why you guys are the hosts <laughs> and I'm just the guest. You keep it on track. No, I was cast in a tiny part in Band of Brothers, and uh, then the day before I was supposed to film my scenes, I got a call from my agent saying. Tom Hanks has seen your audition tape and he's having second thoughts. <laughs> he thinks you have dead eyes. And then I had to go re-audition for Tom Hanks and was immediately fired. And so the podcast is uh, is an investigation and an exploration of uh, failure and regret and show business and um, and redemption as well. It's a it's yeah. a redemption podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it it is showbiz and there is some inside baseball, but it's it's like universally uh, accessible themes as yeah. far as kind of rejection rejection and trying to understand, and then also you know some good dish, some good Hollywood dish, and then yeah. uh, and then it's all I like that it's like it's really produced and it's got like a serial kind of feel, like you know it's like with the music stings and some production to it, and um, yeah, it's, it's, I mean we. We, 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 part of the fun of it is like taking something that really doesn't matter and taking it really seriously, just committing to the idea that (laughs) this is, uh, um, this is something worth investigating. Um, but then, uh, you know, along the way, you know, you talk to anybody, even, even people, I've had a lot of people who are in no way connected to show business who relate to it because, yeah. Whatever your job is, whatever the thing is that you want to do well at, you've probably had an opportunity that you blew or a disappointing thing that wasn't your fault or you know you have some everybody has some kind of weird failure experience that is relatable. It's a thing you like pick over in your mind yeah. after it's done. Could I have done anything differently, you know, or was I just was I just doomed to have this little bit of bad luck? Yeah, and you just want to know and it's I feel like it's always across the board. It's always two things. It's number one and most important. It's never as bad as what you think. But then I will say the second one is it's also kind of worse. <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? Where it's just like, oh, it's not. It's it, it didn't bar me from show business forever, which I thought it might. Like I got in other rooms. I got on shows, whatever. But then the second thing is like, I don't know. They did. They did watch my audition tape and share it and laugh about it for months or something. You know, you're like, okay, so there, there is that thing yeah. which is terrifying. But yeah, yeah, and yeah. it is. You know, it, uh, it's also just like it's a funny thing that happened to me because if you change even one detail of that experience, um, it suddenly doesn't feel like a fun starting point for a podcast. If, right. If you replace Tom Hanks with literally any other famous yeah. yes. person, yes, uh, it doesn't work anymore. It's like, oh yeah, big deal. They probably needed to cast somebody else. Yeah. Or if you, or if you have me be replaced, but not be told that I have dead eye, that he thinks I have <laughs> yeah. dead eyes, right? Yeah. Then it, it's the, it's the those combinate those two details are ultimately what make it um, a funny idea. And if yeah. you were to, if he was just, if he had said, "You're too tall," 
then yeah. that's not really a funny story. It's just like, oh, he was too tall for it. But yeah, right. there is something, because I was given a couple of different stories. So there is, some people have said, you've already solved the mystery. You, He said, you have dead eyes. You have dead eyes. That's the, that's the what are you investigating? You were told. <laughs> but I kind of don't, I don't, tr- there, there's almost that element of like, show me a body where it's like, he didn't tell me I had dead eyes. I was told that he thought I had dead eyes. So there yeah. is like, and then I was told other things as well that made me want to ask the question, you know, hopefully someday I will get an answer from Tom Hanks. Even if the answer is, I don't remember saying that. Like he could, sure. that would, that would by itself be a very satisfying answer. Me, It was like, I have no memory of saying that. Cause right. then I would at least, whether he said it or not, I would at least know that he didn't like think about it yeah. after he said it, you know, that like that, that still would be something. Because there's there's always that chance, and you know there's there's that you know that's it's it has to there's so many um, you know people in between that telephone line yeah. that you know it would have been like oh I'm call, I'm gonna tell him he has dead eyes to soften the blow, not realizing right. that that's not the actual phrasing anybody used until it was you know whatever or even like the part is like you're doing a lot of just uh short responses and having to listen to somebody you know it could have been yeah. like i don't feel like he's active listening or something like that and then some right. agent along the way was like he's dead he's just being dead and not active listening and then it just got to dead eyes which right. is yeah. you know which gets to you and then when you have to go in there and then reread you're you know you're doing all kinds of weird shit to like you know make up for maybe that wasn't even the original note you know yeah, and and it's also, you know, when you're told something weird, sometimes people just say something casually and not think about how it might right. affect how that that person's going to hear it and turn it over in their mind. Or sometimes <laughs> you'll say something and no one and and you'll think about, it, "Oh god, why did I say that?" and it's no longer even a thought in the person you told it to's mind. But right. you'll like run it over in your in your mind a million times, yeah. you know. You'll mull it over. I do love how like almost every guest you have on is like when you start and kind of lay the story out. They'll talk about how lovable Tom Hanks is. <laughs> yeah. so he's like America's sweetheart. Yeah, that is tough hearing that from the nicest guy in showbiz. You know. <laughs> yeah, we have, we have that has been confirmed episode after episode by anyone who's ever interacted <laughs> yeah. with him. Yeah. Um, so funny. Yeah, I mean, like there was there was an episode where I, you know, one one of the things I was able to do in one of the episodes is I had had this interaction with Paul Feig. Yes. Um, like 15 years ago when I was working at a bookstore where I said something to him that I, I ever since I have regretted it, I've been embarrassed and felt weird about it. And I got the chance cause I, I was so obsessed with freaks and geeks and yeah. it was my second favorite TV show of all time at that point. Right. And I thought I'm going to tell him that <laughs> because he'll know that I mean it because why would yeah. you make that up? Otherwise you just lie and say it's your favorite. Right. So I thought telling him that it was my second favorite TV show sure. would be more meaningful. Yeah. And I realized as soon as I said it, that that's a very awkward thing to say to somebody. It's kind of a backhanded compliment to a certain extent. Um, that you're telling them, well, you, there's something I like better than your show. <laughs> like you're, yeah. you're leading with kind of like a weird negative. And he had like a faint memory of it, but it also clearly like it was a chance for me to clarify to him yeah. like w- in a way that it, it, it's sort of like it was it was interesting because there have been a number of opportunities like that on the show where we've been able to clear up small misunderstandings, small little miscommunications. 
Um, yeah. And that's very satisfying because it really uh, is. The, yeah. The, the, the podcast, the, the format and theme of the podcast allows you to have that conversation. It gives you an excuse to talk to people about a thing in a way that if I just saw Paul Feig somewhere, I wouldn't have the license to like go into that. Yeah. You know, like even though you're would, also with him, you're dealing with another one of the nicest people in showbiz. Yeah. By the way. Yeah. yeah absolutely. I mean, he's the best. Uh, I had this, uh, I was at the gym and, uh, I, I saw Janice Dickinson there. Do you guys know who she is? Sure. Sure. Like the famous yeah. first kind of supermodel. She's, I mean, she's a real character and, uh, she did a bunch of the, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here shows later, mm-hmm. but she's got a real, she's a real character and has a, a real interesting story. And she's written a couple books and I read one of her first books, like an autobiography or first memoir called, uh, no lifeguard on duty. And, uh, I saw her at the gym and like the book was really fun. Like I still will quote stories from it. And, uh, she was one of the first people to kind of speaking of Bill Cosby kind of dish a little bit on Bill Cosby and him not Mm -hmm. being a good guy. That was like the first I ever saw it being mentioned. And she didn't get to say everything she wanted because he had really powerful legal back then and blocked her. But anyway, I go up to her and I say, I, 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 I wanted to say that I really loved her book and it was, you know, just like an unlikely thing for me to read. And like, I had, uh, was like visiting a friend and they had the book. And so I was like laying out this story and it ultimately came off of like, Hey, I had never any intention of reading this book and would never personally buy it, <laughs> but it was actually kind of good. And that wasn't my, what I wanted to say at all, but it's ultimately how it got communicated. And I remember her kind of being like, wow, thanks. You know, yeah. and I just wanted to go uh, back and just, just fucking say it was a great book. I loved it. I didn't need the preamble. She didn't give a shit how I got to the book. And ultimately I, I liked it for, I liked it for any reason. It wasn't, you know. I wasn't surprised. It wasn't because I was just so surprised that it was good. It was good on its own merit, but I just, you know, I always play that one out in my mind. It's funny because, uh, the tendency to like, want to, I, you know, I'm very much my, my tendency is to over explain and over elaborate <laughs> when I'm talking to somebody and it, it gets you in that kind of trouble yeah. and that like you're, you, you afterwards you're like why didn't I just say the clear simple thing that was actually one of the things that like when I started learning to do improv um that was one of the things that I got better at in life was you would initiate a scene in like an improv class yeah. or a show or something where you'd be like uh so yeah you're my cousin and we work at a bakery and you and you'd be kind <laughs> of like and, and with it and you try to get all this information out and then you'd start to learn through practicing that it's okay to just be like hey, I love working with you. Here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, and yeah, yeah. that that was an acceptable initiation right. for an improv scene. And then in life, you just be like, "I love your book. It's so yeah. good." Yeah. And right. that that's not like you want to be more. You're trying to be more interesting than that. You're trying to get your whole yes. story into it. And then you realize, like, all I need to communicate to this person is what they need to know. Right. Yes. And so you start to realize, like, I'll just say the nice thing, like amazing book it was yeah. a, a, a thrilling read you know <laughs> and and that and that you can edit out all the stuff about like well here's who i am first so you understand the context and you know because yes. i have that exact same thing if i'm if i'm left to my own devices i will say too much uh and i will say it wrong yeah Shit. i mean there's but then there's you know the other half of the people who say things so blatantly that you're almost off put by that and you're like <laughs> hey come on like speaking of all of like the kind of 
misspeaking or it felt like misspeaker holding it um and paul feig we were we we're at comic-con to do a signing for other space like yeah. all of us were there for other space and we were doing the signing and you know it's like meet the cast of other space and the line wasn't long it wasn't you know crazy long that people wanted to sign but there was enough people who had the posters and stuff that we were signing and then you know our our hour was done but then there were still kind of a couple more people in line, you know? And I was like, you know what? So then I was the first one that you, you hit. So to the next person, I'm like, Hey, just come on. Like, you know, we have time, you know, you don't have to wait. And you just saw that guy just go, no, I'm not here for you. I'm here. I'm the first one in line for Jim, Edward James almost. And you see Edward James was just standing on the side, looking at his watch. <laughs> and you're like, right. Okay. We'll all get up. So that line that's going to be over an hour can like yeah. and you see the line going down the fucking street now and you're like oh, oh I get you didn't it. recognize the guy was holding a Jaime Escalante doll that <laughs> yeah, he wanted autographed I did, I did it idiot. I didn't realize but he looked at me like I was an asshole for even being sitting like sitting there yeah that's yeah. so fun. I mean that's the Battlestar Galactica crew yeah. right that's but I bet of- you if that guy came up to me and goes like hey I, sorry I, I've met you before I was yeah. really mean or straightforward. Right. I would have been like, oh, you know what? I do remember you, asshole. <laughs> you know, and thank yeah. you, and yeah. thank you, Look, and I get it. Yeah, yeah. I was just, you know, I didn't get Yahoo screen at the time, and I was angry. <laughs> hey, listen, I didn't get Yahoo screen at the time. I didn't what guess was, what what was it the, was. Was the uh, angle on that to make it impossible to see the show? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. It was supposed right. to be like a, you know, a golden a golden ticket. Like a real is, puzzle you had yeah. to solve to get that show. Other Space is the only show that I can think of that has such a specific, like, the show was great. People loved it if they saw it. It wasn't hard to find. You could, like, in the sense, like, when people are like, oh, it's hard. It's hard in the same sense that, like, I sometimes would be like, I'm just going to watch something on my Roku because it's hard for me to get a Blu-ray and put it in the player. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? That like yeah. the, the bar for something Yahoo screen was like hard to find only in the sense that like, if you had told everybody you're not allowed to watch Yahoo screen, everybody would have, oh, I know what to do. I'll just type these letters in, hit this button and then click this button and I'm watching Yahoo screen. Right. But because it was just a little more effort. Like I still feel like I, I want other space to show up on like Netflix or Amazon prime or one of these platforms where people will find it. It'll yeah. have a life. If it did, you can find it on that Tumblr. There's yeah. that Tumblr where they're all there, but you have to go look, you have to type a sentence into Google yeah. and then <laughs> click the link to go there where all the episodes are just in a row, but that's not how anyone watches shows. No, it's, it's also on, on some new um, sci-fi platform that we promoted in September. I'm, I'm, I've, I feel bad that I don't oh. know what it's called now, but it's, it's, it, some... it feels very on brand for other space. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For, God, more people, let's not even say what it's on. <laughs> let's, you're not allowed to see it. Don't, don't seek it out. It's yeah. forbidden. It's, it's not forbidden. for you. Don't it's eight, get it. It's eight episodes you should never watch. Do not, you're eight not episodes they don't want you to see. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The stuff they didn't want you to see. Yeah. Yeah, Yahoo was the fatality. It's like, no, Yahoo's for searching in my dad's email. That's yeah, what Yahoo's right. for, yeah. not for shows. And then right. anything yeah. beyond that. Who, is there anyone that has, I guess Amazon is the ultimate of, you know, being for completely something else and then somehow managing to have streamable content that people are into. 
right? They they pivoted successfully, and that's the weird thing where they just did it to drive members to Prime, right? I mean, like Bosch and all those shows like exist just because they want people to subscribe to Prime, like for their for their yeah. Marketing. I've I've read that that's still their metric, which is you know, and I'm on an Amazon show, but that their metric still is like. If someone buys a Prime membership, all they care about is if you are the first thing that they do after they buy their Prime membership if, is that they click on uh, your show. Yeah. And the, and that's the metric that matters. Not yeah. whether or not a month later they watch all of Sneaky Pete or something. Like, yeah. Wow. It's, just that, what, it's what people getting on their membership out the gate, and that's all we need. Which to me seems crazy because- I could imagine being someone who keeps Prime because I like the shows. Like, that's one of the reasons that I've kept it is because I just think about the fact that I watch things like that. It's one of the things that keeps me from canceling my Prime membership and thinking like, well, next year I just won't order as much stuff from Amazon. I keep it because I know like, well, it also gives me the free like it's not that much if I think of it as a monthly uh, Netflix, you know, right. I'm thinking if it's only, you know, their angle is like global domination and that happens when they completely replace the, any means of commerce, like you have to go through Amazon to buy any kind of goods at all. Right. So it just feels weird that like, me it does. Wa- I'm with me, you. I'm with me, you. Me watch it. Like I could binge watch. Uh, and I did like, I watched all of sneaky Pete on Amazon. And then I read an article saying like, this show has lost so much money because, I'm like, how could this show have lost money? I, I I hear that it's like really popular. It's like one of their like most watched shows, but like, but it's not a show that people buy Amazon Prime and then immediately watch Sneaky Pete. Yeah. Like that's not their first stop. But I'm like, doesn't it matter if they, they like spend a month watching it and it's part of what they value about yes. the, yes. the brand right. or whatever? Yeah. Like it, just, it always just feels to me like we have all this um, information now. But the like we have all these metrics that supposedly people are using to be very detailed about yeah. like whether it's a good idea to keep a show or not, whether it's cost prohibitive. But that information is only as valuable as the people who are interpreting it. True. And yeah. it strikes me that like in the same way that it feels crazy that we used to rate we used to use Nielsen ratings to determine whether or not people were watching TV shows or not. Yeah. But which was designed for when there were like a couple of networks and then it's kept being that system when there were suddenly hundreds of channels and people watching them in their dorm rooms. And like, you know, like uh, there were so many other ways that weren't being tracked. Right. And it kind of feels like now, like these algorithms they're getting are not telling them everything about the people for, for all the information they have. They're looking at it and being like, oh, well, this show uh, was uh, highly viewed, so it must be because of this. And it could be a completely different human reason that they're not tracking, you know? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's really wild. Uh, yeah, and like uh, social media and all that shit, too, where it's like, wow, if you get a, a powerful social media influencer, you can't open a movie. And then they would put, like, you know, Kim K had like 80 million Twitter followers and they put her like in a Tyler Perry movie and it didn't make any, there was like literally no blip at all. But then like, you'll have marketing people that'll point to the rock and they're like, no, he can, he can put the power of his followers behind. It's weird. It's like some people will follow, uh, whoever they're following to a movie and some people won't, but it's like, (laughs) they always just want to, they'd always, they're always looking for like the sure thing, like the guarantee that this will mean 
you know, view eyeballs or viewers or whatever. And it's just like, I mean, I nobody feel like fucking the, knows, you know, in the same way though, like those social media conglomerates are, it's a, uh, it, it's marketing still. It's like what your market is. It's like people are going to follow the rock. If it's something that's sports and nutrition based more than they're going to be like, you know what? I'm going to buy that tequila. You know what I'm saying? Like people are going to buy his Under Armour stuff because you're like, I see him work out all the time. I'm into it. Yeah. I think I his will, sneakers are good. And I will good. say, I will say there are ads which are targeted at me that know me better than almost anyone I've ever met. Are you talking life. about like Terramana tequila, the rock no. tequila? Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm yeah. like, this is what I am going to drink. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, yeah. I'll just like, I'll get an ad. And sometimes, you know, I remember the first time I realized that my phone was listening to things and then like being, and then I'd see an ad and it'd be like, you were talking about this. And I'm like, yeah, not, not, not using this phone. I wasn't. You know, I was like, I was talking to someone, the phone was in the room, and then I'm seeing the ad, and they're like, oh, you want, you like this? I'm like, yeah, robot. (laughs) Uh, You know? (laughs) And, but like, I'll see an ad that'll just be like, you want a t shirt that says this? I'm like, God, I do. I hate (laughs) you so much. You know? It's your, it's the, it's the best person you'll never date. But they do not, they do not. Under, they do not understand they know me they don't necessarily understand me because um they like every everything related to my computer thinks i really want to watch band of brothers a lot <laughs> that's so like, funny like i'm like you have the data but you don't understand it because i do get things that are like you want to watch band of brothers i'm like i've seen it and also how dare you ask me that <laughs> it's like like it is just a sign of like um you know the hearing see all my searches everything i do on my computer for the podcast seems to imply to these robots and these algorithms this is a guy who's really into band of brothers yeah yeah and, right. and i like band i like band of brothers i have seen band of brothers but you're you have the data, but you do not understand the data. Yeah, uh, which is that I can comes be... back to interpretation again. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, wow. you know, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about some health and fitness stuff. Uh, Absolutely. So, so uh, where do you want to start, Eugene? You guys, so you guys know each other from New York. Uh, how far back do we want to go with Connor? Um, I mean, Connor was at. We were at kind of a transitional time were you already in la when you started okay kind of there was a kind of a a short kind of crossover uh where like i was a a lot i watched i watched eugene in shows before i was doing shows and by the time i was doing shows you had already left town right well so so let's do this so connor you um have been acting and kind of been uh doing showbiz stuff you know local stuff (laughs) and plays as a kid (laughs) and then uh you know in college and all that kind of stuff and why don't you why don't you let us know what you were, how much of a consideration was diet and exercise for you kind of growing up? Was it something you thought about? Uh, were your parents into kind of eating healthy or, and then, uh, as you started doing, you know, you, you know, trying to audition and those kinds of things, was it something that was popping into your mind or, uh, where were you at with it kind of growing up? I mean, I, I was never athletic as a child and and I think I, I, I've always struggled a little bit. Uh, I remember when I was a teenager, I had uh, like uh, some, I had, I had a weight in my room that I would sometimes like use. I would like try and lift this weight. I don't think it made any difference at all. It was just um, like a single weight. 
like a barbell, like a barbell, or, or like like uh, it was. I don't even know what you call it when it's it's short like this, and it had like three things on it, and they were concentric, like Looney Tunes sort of. <laughs> it's a dumbbell. Like a dumbbell. Yeah. Yeah. But it isn't. I thought a dumbbell was all one piece. No, no, no. Like, it, it, you could, you could, it could be adjustable where you were like yeah. putting them on adjustable, each side. Right? Yeah, yeah. Se- separates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and it and had a little, like, had, little turny thing on it to tighten it up. Yeah, it, yeah. And it was like I don't even remember how heavy it was. It wasn't super heavy. It also wasn't super light. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, I've always had strong legs. I've always mm-hmm. had strong legs. Um, and always had a, a weak upper body. I can't touch my toes. I think I have short back muscles. I've never at any age been able to touch my toes. Okay. Um, I remember I hated stuff like the presidential physical fitness test because I sure. couldn't do anything. I couldn't I couldn't do a chin up. I couldn't do, you know, I was always picked last and rightly so because I was the one who would like cause your team to lose. And, you know, I, I was a funny kid who liked to draw. I didn't want to play sport. I loved playing sports if people were being nice about it but right people who were good at it um were mean about it a lot of them yeah, they were very yeah. mean if you were bad at sports so it was impossible for me to ever find joy in you know i'm i'm old enough that i think i missed the self-esteem movement um i think it was slightly <laughs> after me i would have loved it I would have loved the self-esteem to... movement in sports or self-esteem movement in, period in, in raising. Yeah. Just in raising <laughs> children to feel good about themselves. Like I, I, you know, I grew up at a time where it was, where like you went into gym class and it was okay for the coach, to, you know, grown man to just yell insults at you. You're a yeah. child. And, and if the other kids bullied you, it was sort of like, well, stand up for yourself. And it was just like, oh, okay, is this the world? All right. Um, and, you know, we didn't, we never bullied the jocks when they had to take drama class. We were really supportive and nice. Yeah. And we'd be like, good job. You did a good job of the monologue. Yeah. And they'd be like shitting themselves, you know, like uh, nervous standing up and yeah. speaking in front of people. We would be so nice to them. And then you'd go to gym class and they'd be like, you know, saying horrible things to you and you know when i was in high school um i took um most people take pe freshman year of high school and get it out of the way you have to take a year of pe in my high school that was like the requirement at the time and i had a gym coach who was um a truly mean man but he was he was the most powerful man in our high school because he was the most i think he had the the most winningest record of any high school football coach in America that time. Right. Wow. Um, And I remember being in class, we were shooting layups. I'm terrible at layups. I'd love to, I'd love nothing more than to have been allowed to (laughs) practice layups un unbullied long enough to be able to do one. I think it would be thrilling. It would be thrilling to shoot a layup, but I couldn't do it on the first try. And by the third try, you're just getting yelled at. So you're like, I want to do this as little as possible in my whole life. Yeah. Sure. And I remember this uh, coach's name was Pete Adkins and he, uh, we're calling him out and he, <laughs> I remember shooting a layup and I remember it vividly because the girls PE class was on the stage in the gym and they were doing square dancing. And I remember yeah. thinking like, oh, why can't I do square dancing? You would have crushed. Do that. You crushed. Yeah. <laughs> I would, I, I would have at least been good enough that no one would have been like, Hey, Ratliff, you don't know how to do see do for shit. <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, but I'm shooting a layup, and Coach Pete Atkins, a powerful man, 
uh, yells, Hey, Ratliff, you shoot like a girl. Why don't you go play on the girls' team? And I remember thinking, like, holy shit, who do I tell about this? Like, you're the teacher. Who am I supposed to tell about this? Yeah. And so I told my mom. And I had my mom come into the school. And she went to the guidance counselor to say, get my son out of this guy's class. He's bullying. The teacher is bullying my son. And the guidance counselor was like, I can't do it. I can't, I can't, I can't. He was scared. He was scared of the coach. This guy's got too much juice. He's like, I can't, I can't remove a student because he'll ask about it and then I'll be in trouble. And so I dropped it at the semester. I dropped it halfway through. So you did one semester of PE. And then I thought, I made a plan. I thought I'm going to wait till I'm a senior and I'm going to take the class when I'm going to be one of the only seniors taking it. It'll be me and a bunch of freshmen and maybe no one will bully me. And when I got to uh, second semester of senior year, I think it was second semester, it might have been first. Um, when I got to that point, I took the class, and not only did I take the class, I took the easiest PE class, the one where you do shuffleboard and badminton, and it was like an elective you could take. And it was the class that when there was like the, what they called at the time, like the learning, the LD, the learning disabled class, that was like the name they had for, when that coach who teaches that class was gone, our, our classes would pair up. So it was like the least aggressive, the gentlest, kindest of the PE options. A very kind man was the coach of it. I still got bullied by the freshmen. Oh, God. The difference was I didn't care. Like, it was sort of like yeah. it didn't work as bullying because they were all smaller than me. And they were like, at one point, they're bull- they were really bad at bullying. At one point, I was running. We were running laps around the track. And to bully me one of these freshmen ran alongside and like imitated the way i was running and he was getting laughs from all the other guys and then i guess this was an attempt at humiliating me i still don't understand it he like pulled his pants down to kind of like mock me like by pulling his own pants down as he ran next to me and we're running right past the coach the coach was just like travis go to the principal's office (laughs) just like (laughs) and so it was like really ineffectual bullying by that point a fun, two fun little um, postscripts to this. One is that if you're, if you want to know both what a big deal Pete Adkins is, and also kind of a funny little uh, Midwestern, I'll say comeuppance for this man, because um, he, uh, you know, he also had like a home life that was a nightmare in terms of like, uh, just like this is a guy who had had a rough, uh, like not a nightmare for him, but a nightmare because of him, and like, yeah, he right. had, um and he, but he was such a big deal that there's a Melissa Etheridge video called for a song called Breathe. Okay. That stars Pete Atkins. What? Um, what? Melissa Etheridge was, I don't know if she still is, but she was a very big fan of high school football. Wow. And she sought him out for this video because he was like a legendary high school football coach. And the, the video came out, I think, shortly after the Johnny Cash um hurt video which was like a very like footage of sad johnny cash contrasted with footage of younger dynamic johnny cash was very wonderful video one of the best pieces of filmmaking you'll ever see the melissa etheridge one is kind of like the diet cola version of that video (laughs) sort of like it doesn't hit as hard um but it's a lot of footage of that they shot in jefferson city i assume of sad old Pete Atkins sitting in like a dark house all alone as an old man contrasted with old footage of him as a young dynamic coach and news clippings of all their victories. And the song lyric is something like it only hurts when I breathe or something. It's like, a, <laughs> uh-huh. and fucking, hey. 
So he's in this video. This is fucking crazy. <laughs> and of course, this being this being Missouri uh, in the nineties, um, I was like, when I when my friends and I found out, like Pete Atkins is in this Melissa Etheridge video. At that time, she was like maybe the most famous lesbian in America. Sure. Uh, sure. At that point, or close to it. And uh, certainly top five, I would say, in America, pop culture-wise at that time. Yeah, come to my window. Yeah. And we're like, Pete Atkins, there's no way that he <laughs> had any sense of what <laughs> Melissa Etheridge represented as like an icon of, of tolerance and, and uh, acceptance. And we were, and I, and I heard from somebody that someone saw him somewhere and was like, hey, Pete, saw you in the Melissa Etheridge video. And his response was like, yeah, I didn't know. If I'd known what I know now, I wouldn't have done it. And so I love that my bully high school coach got uh, humiliated in his own <laughs> mind by being, he was tricked into appearing in a, uh, a homosexual uh, music video. Um a few, a couple of years ago, my dad has this group of people that he meets up with. My dad used to work for a local TV station and he'll sometimes meet up with the people um, that he used to work with. Uh, they'll like meet like now it's like they'll have like a distanced hang and a socially distanced hang in the park. But they used to like go for lunch or coffee or something. And one of them knew Pete, Ad one of the people in the group knew Pete Atkins and were like, oh, um, Pete wants to join uh, your like hangout group. And... And my dad was like, absolutely not. He bullied my son in when he was uh, in his class in high school. And I was Good. like, oh, okay. Yeah, like, these things have a, These things have a long tail, don't they? Like, uh, <laughs> That's great. Bell babies. Yo. You just staying here. Hi. Hey, guys. Uh... We deserve to know what we're putting in our body every day. All right. We're, we're, we're running this health and fitness podcast. You guys are coming to us, asking us questions. We're trying to eat healthy. We're trying to eat right. And we should know what we're taking every day. Yeah. And that's why we like Ritual. Yes. Ritual's clean, vegan-friendly multivitamins are formulated with high-quality nutrients in a bioavailable form that your body can actually use. Yeah, and what you won't find in there are sugars, GMOs, major allergens, synthetic fillers, or artificial colorants. Plus, the fresh taste and delayed release capsules are making taking your vitamins easy. Now, I take my Ritual Vitamins every morning. I do. I love the minty taste of them. I like being able to see what the vitamins are. I think it's pretty cool. I think it's a cool um, capsule to take. And um, the fact that I have a monthly subscription, I know that I'm never going to run out. And, you know, it, it it feels like, you know, because there's no fillers, no colorants, or any shady ad additives, that uh, I'm getting good ingredients in there and good vitamins. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're, we're always on the hunt for a good multivitamin. Uh, and, you know, you, I, I feel like I found it with Ritual because, like Eugene was saying, clean, good ingredients. Um, they have this thing, um, called traceable and, uh, through traceable and ritual, you always know what nutrients you're taking and where they come from. Thanks to rituals, one of a kind visible supply chain. So it's like, you, you can just straight up see like, Oh, it's, it's got this from here. I know exactly what it is instead of, you know, things like a proprietary blend where it's just like, it's got a bunch of these things, who knows what's what or how much is in there of anything or where they got it. But, uh, distrust us that it's in there. No, I don't want to trust you. 
I want ritual because they're they're giving me traceable. Right. Right. Exactly. And you know, it's designed with your life stage in mind. So it's available for women, men, teens. It's a, it's a multivitamin that are scientifically developed to help support uh, different types of uh, stages in life. Right. So if you're some if you're some nine year old girl, you don't want to take the vitamins that old man Stanger are taking. Not even close. You're like, look, I'm a I'm a nine year old girl. I got to take old man Stanger's vitamins. No thanks. I mean, I'm close to Stanger, and I don't even want to take what he's taking. But I know what's in my ritual multivitamin is good for both of us, so we both take it. Yeah, baby. Also, you know, I just want to say you should know it's delivered to your door every month. Yes. It's uh, free shipping always. So, you know, get in there now and get that free, sh- get locked in for that free shipping always. Um, and remember that you can start snooze or cancel your subscription anytime. And if you don't love Ritual within your first month, they'll refund uh, your first order. So it's a no brainer. You know, oftentimes you'll skip on that multivitamin because you run out. You don't want to go to the store. If you're getting the thing delivered to you every month, you don't got to worry about it. Yeah. So get key nutrients without the BS. Ritual is offering our listeners 10% off during your first three months. Visit ritual.com slash dumbbells and start your ritual today. That's ritual.com slash dumbbells. Hey, it's Stang and Huge here, uh, and we're talking about Harry's. Now, you might know Harry's. Uh, you might not know Harry's. Uh, they're a fantastic company that I actually already used before they even became a sponsor of this podcast because I believe in their product. I think Whoa. what they make is great, and they Bob deliver show. you know, a close, comfortable shave at a fair price. It's like only $2.00. Per refill, and I get a, a monthly subscription, so I don't have to worry about going to the grocery store or going to the pharmacy and making sure that they have, you know, my razors in that weird plastic container that I have to go ask the guy at the front to unlock my razor, you know, refills for me. Come on. Well, the the, the deal with that is because they ain't cheap. Yeah. So you got these crazy bearded freaks that are broke that are trying to steal that stuff. But um, I, I like Harry's because um, they're you know they're sending some stuff to try, and I, I'm excited to try it because it's it's finally bridges the gap between quality and price. Yes, because like getting good uh, shaving products has always been cost prohibitive. You want the blades, you want that close shave, but um, you know, so incredibly expensive that you're you know you're making some sacrifices there, which you shouldn't have to. So that's what I like about Harry's. Yeah, I love my close shave. You want to see my close shave? I shave all the time because I like a smooth face and I don't get cut. I've, now, I've tried other um, razors and stuff, but these ones have been smooth. And I'm excited about what they're going to send me next because I'm already up on their shaving cream. You know, their shaving gel, it, it feels good. It, um, it protects my skin uh, when I'm shaving. And knowing that they have a body wash and a deodorant now, I'm like, huh, maybe I'll, maybe I'll go across the board with these guys. Why not? Dude, they take it so freaking serious, Harry's does, that they bought their own factory in Germany so that they could be involved in every step of the manufacturing process. That's how serious they're taking this. Amen. I like that. I yeah. like that. You get involved with the Germans? That means on, you're man. serious, bro. Yeah. They're messing around. And they have a 100% quality guarantee. They stand behind their quality of their blades so much that they have a 100% money-back guarantee at harrys.com. 100%. 
You got no excuses, guys. Mm -mm. For a limited time, Harry's is offering their starter set plus a free body wash for $3 at harrys.com slash dumbbells. Yeah, that's over $16 of value for just three bucks. You'll get a five-blade razor, a weighted handle, foaming shaving gel, a travel cover, and a travel size body wash. It's that body wash game that they're getting into now, baby. Yes, it's an incredibly great deal, but act fast while supplies last. You guys, you have to go to harrys.com slash dumbbells to redeem your offer. That's harrys.com slash dumbbells. So, so I didn't have, like, sports in me also, I think, set me on a path in terms of fitness in me. Because I sort of associated fitness with... Um, bullying and jocks and bullying stuff? Bullying and bad times. Yeah, it was, like, yeah. not my scene. Of course. I mean, that's usually kids' kind of first foyer into exercise is through sports. It comes up a lot on the show. You know, the people that, that had some some positive experiences with it usually kind of reinforces a love of exercise and the people that had, you know, bad experiences feel like, fuck that. What the fuck? Why would I want to subject myself to that at all? You know? Yeah. My dad made me, well, I took dance classes and my mm -hmm. mom had me taking dance classes when I was a kid and I wasn't great at that. I took tap and ballet and jazz and I was never great at it. I have really good turnout with my feet and I have excellent um, points. Like I can, when I, if I show, whenever I meet a dancer, I'll always be like, Hey, can I show you something? <laughs> like like when, it, when it's an appropriate, when it's an appropriate social context, I'll be like, Hey, can I just see if this still is true? And can I, I show Connor, you my feet? Connor, we're at a funeral. Yeah. Could you Let yeah. me show you yeah. my feet. Let me show you my yeah. feet. It's a dance funeral. <laughs> um, and, and well, I'm waiting for the day where they're like, no, it's no, not good anymore. You know, like, but I think I have, I was blessed with like perfect dancers feet, I think. And right. not, not any of the other things that you need to be a good dancer. So it's kind of like this weird curse. Wait, like having, what, what gives you perfect dancer feet though? I've just had enough dancers confirm it. First of all, I can effortlessly do turnout. You know, it's where you, uh, oh yeah. Yeah. Basically turn your feet to um I can almost turn my feet all the way around. Wow. Um yeah, so, so that they're complete facing... external rotation. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. Almost. And and I have excellent point, but I can't do any of the other things that a dancer needs to do. Like if you just do close ups of the feet, you'd be like, This guy's a good dancer. But then if you see the rest of me, you'd be like, No, no, unacceptable. Um <laughs> unacceptable. Yeah. And <laughs> And so that was one thing. And then my dad, for a few years, made me do Taekwondo. He took Taekwondo with me. And uh, I really hated it. And I, I I was even aware that this was like a... My dad was doing it as like a bonding exercise. And I was aware that part of me was being a bad son by not like getting into it and liking it. Um but Were you into I, the movie I, Karate Kid or anything like that? Or no, I love no. Karate Kid. I love Karate Kid. But I love sports movies. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
I also don't want to go to war in space either. I love, <laughs> I love when that happens in a movie too. And it would be, it would be the honestly the last thing I would want to do. It would be like we're going to have a war in space. I'd be like, sign me out. Yeah, last um, starfighter. You're like, I'll just continue to play the game at home, and you'll have to yeah. find another. I would, I would be the last starfighter. I'd be like, have you asked everyone else? <laughs> I would be like, you better have asked every other person because I'm not willing to do it until we're at that point. <laughs> Um, but Taekwondo, I, I did it long enough that, um, I would have, I got up to the point where they changed the belt system where I was doing it to add more colors. They started adding the stripes in and stuff. Um, well, the stripes you add at the end of the color of the belt, right? right? Yeah. It's sort of like the, they're sort of like the steps to get to the next. No, I was supposed to get to one level and they added a belt that was camouflage belt. Hmm. I was a yellow, I was a white belt and I was a yellow belt and whatever was supposed to be next, they changed the system at this dojo or whatever this place I think place it's was. yellow to green to purple, right? Yeah, I think In I was Taekwondo, supposed to get yeah. green and then they added a bunch of like extra, mm. I, I was about to say flavors. It's not the right word. I think it is extra a flavor. Colors. No, I think belts are flavors. In Taekwondo, <laughs> are we talking about Taekwondo? Taekwondo. Yeah, you eat the belt, flavors. right? You yeah, eat the belt. I wasn't. It's, it's belt flavors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They yeah, put a pistachio in the middle there. Um, once <laughs> yeah. you got kata so, eight done, yeah. I quit on camouflage belt. I'm like, this isn't a real belt. Like, it doesn't feel. <laughs> it's like getting polka dot or paisley, yeah. or you know. Well, it's was like, this a cash grab for them? Kids were getting kids were getting through the program too soon. They're like, we got to. I don't know what the belts. motivation was. Had the lessons a little bit. People people loved GI Joe. They didn't love Storm Shadow that much yet. So then yeah. they were just like, what do we do? We got to make it a little bit more GI Joey. I feel like it was a, a fad that ended. That was it was probably there was probably like six months where it was happening, and I just happened to bow out at that point. <laughs> um, oh no! And and so I'm st- forever st- stuck as a camouflage belt. I mean, I'm sure it's expired. <laughs> no, it's um, not expired. That's for life, man. Yeah, man. It's for life. life. You're a life can't do camouflage camouflage belt. belt. <laughs> yeah, I can't. But I guarantee I can't fight at a camouflage belt level. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, and then I'm trying to think what, I mean, then, then I'm basically, by the time I get to adulthood, then the rest of it is just like, um, just a fluctuating, uh, battle. Like I'm at a low ebb right now. Like I'm in the worst shape I've ever been in right now. Well, it's and, kind of in a tough time to kind of gauge anything yeah. as, you know, oh. but, but um, it's, it's also happening at a bad point in my life metabolism wise. Cause it's sort of like, um, mm-hmm my body's at the point where like, like if my body could talk to me, I think it would say like, you picked a bad year to sit down. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm going to take full advantage of this. Um, I, I, I have a stationary recumbent bicycle in my apartment. Okay. And I just need to have more discipline about using it. There was a year, a couple of years ago, where I would ride it for like three hours a day. Wow. What Now, what, what got you into that? Why would you get that for your apartment, of all things, three years ago? Oh, no, I didn't get it three years ago. I got it. I got it when I moved into this apartment. So I got it in like 2007 or so. Okay. Because originally, for a while there, when I was... Uh, when I was living 
I was living in Murray Hill for a few years and working in Union Square in Manhattan. So every day I would walk back and forth from work. Mm-hmm. So I guarantee got like three miles of walking in every day. Mm-hmm. And that was enough at that point for me to like sure. stay in shape. Because that's mo- if I had a gym membership, there's no way I would walk three miles in the gym every day. I wouldn't like right. that would be um, I wouldn't. But it was like and it was by necessity because it's like I have to get to work. I have to get home. I don't have money to be like buying a Metro card if I'm this close to work. So and then I would also walk for fun. So I would all I would walk guaranteed three miles and anything else was extra. When I moved out to Queens, I was like, well, now I've lost my guaranteed three miles of walking every day. I need something to take the place of that. Mm-hmm. And so I bought what I thought would be a thing that would take up the least amount of room in my apartment. And it would also be a thing that I could work on while I was riding the bike. Like right. I could, re- I could read, read I could and, listen, yeah. listen to podcasts, listen to music. I could talk on the phone. I do try when I'm on the phone with people to be on my bike because- Anything to distract me from knowing that I'm on the bike for any amount of time. Um, election nights are always great for it. If I'm, if there's like an election night, I'll just get on the bike and watch election coverage. Because then mm-hmm. you just won't notice it. Like four hours have gone by. Yeah. You just get used to it. The problem is long swatches of time go by where I don't, I just, the bike is just a thing I walk past in my apartment and yeah. I don't get on it. The motivation yeah. of being on it, there has to be something else first to incentivize the fact that you're going to get on it. Yeah. And so, so, yeah, you went from like an active New York lifestyle, which helped you kind of maintain your weight to, yeah. uh, to your environment changing. And then the, yeah. the patch or the fix you got was this bike. And then, uh, anyway, so continue. Cause I have a couple of like thoughts and theories, but keep going. Yeah, and there was a period a few years ago where it really worked for for a whole year. I was um I was at my sort of ideal weight and I was riding the bike pretty much every day. I was getting a lot done because when I was on the bike, I'd also get work done. Mm-hmm. Stay in touch with people, you know, it was like wasn't wasted time. Um and I was also eating better. And mm-hmm. um what I was eating a lot of at the time, and I still eat this, um, I make a smoothie every day, or I try to make it every day, which is just either broccoli and spinach and kale, just like green stuff. Um, and uh, and then I'll put in some things like blueberries or a banana, and this is all frozen. I put all frozen things in, and then I boil some water. People think this part sounds gross. Because I pour the boiling water in with it. The boiling water is really just so I don't get a brain freeze. It just thaws the ice of the frozen. It's easier to buy fresh frozen vegetables, keep them in the freezer. The boiling water just makes it so it's a lukewarm drink now. And and then I drink it with a glass straw that I push to the back of my throat like a feeding tube. Um, (laughs) Wait, the people... Connor, this all sounds weird. Hang on. People think the weird part is the boiling water, not the glass straw that's going to the back of your throat. Um, it's just to avoid the taste of it. <laughs> I, I My... wasn't totally out on the boiling water until <laughs> you either. said it makes the drink lukewarm. <laughs> and then that... Because <laughs> I thought, oh, he's just like too cold. So he wants it just kind of chilled, but lukewarm. No, no. Lukewarm. And then he just wants it fed to the back of his <laughs> neck. It's, it's just medicine. It's not... I don't eat vegetables for pleasure. 
Sure. Okay. okay. And so it's really about protecting the tongue because the tongue <laughs> is the... <laughs> I think every part of my body loves vegetables except one piece of meat that lives in my mouth. <laughs> and uh, and that thing is just like, I don't want anything to do with vegetables. You can put vegetables into me, into your body, but I don't want anything to do with them. And so the, the glass straw, it's a, also it's a pretty wide glass straw. It's a boba so I can straw. Get a, so I can get a, a lot of it. <laughs> Yeah. As it's just about getting it down as fast as possible and getting that nutrition into my body. Um, okay. Sometimes I'll put a. Sometimes I'll crack an egg and put an egg in it, like Rocky. Wow. Oh, sure. oh well, it, at that point, it's it's a poached egg if it's in boiling water. <laughs> no, I don't boil the water. I don't boil the water. The the water the boiling water rarely gets to the egg because it's it's defeated by the ice. Yeah. You know, so after it's after it's like uh, been brought up to, you know, room temperature by the frozen vegetables it counters, then you add the egg. In, <laughs> yeah, so it's not egg. getting cooked. So, yeah. yeah. So, so the so the E. coli is, is fresh at the yeah. top. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I got to say, so. I mean, I, I agree with your body and, and psyche for not wanting to do any of this. <laughs> right. The bike doesn't sound that fun. And the nutrition that you're trying to do doesn't sound that fun. Like, of course you don't want to do it. You know, I love that you had a few questions like two minutes ago. And then I threw that <laughs> in. <laughs> I feel like whatever questions you had before, you're like, nope, we're, we're moving on. No, no, it was no, it was thoughts. It was just that I had a feeling because it's like, you know, Doing doing a, a recumbent bike in your apartment for three hours a day, while mm -hmm. it did yield good results for you, it doesn't feel sustainable. And then when you get all, all it takes is like you get busy or you can't do it for a week, and then you're just like, "Fuck, I'm not going back to three hours a day." So then you just don't end up doing it, you know. And then right. it just and then time passes by, and then even like this concoction that you make, which isn't enjoyable for you, you know, all right. it takes is one little hiccup to throw you off the path, and then you just won't do it anymore. So it's I think the challenge for you is going to be finding, and it is for a lot of people and everybody really, is finding something that you like doing a little bit more that's active and then something that's, you know, that that is healthy and nutritious that you actually enjoy, you know? Yeah. And it's just like, okay, yeah, of course. Thanks, Stanger. <laughs> now, what is it? You know, that's, right. and that's the challenge it kind of for everybody and everybody's different. But I think, you know, in regards to using that bike, um, you know, why not just, why not just shorten the time significantly and just say, I'll do it for like 10 minutes twice a week or something like that. Yeah. I'll do, I'll do that. I'll do that sometimes. That's what I'm more likely to do. But I did like it when I, when I was in the rhythm of it, I really liked the fact that this was the way that I was staying in shape because I was, as I said, I was getting a lot of other stuff done. So at its best, I didn't notice it. The problem is when you fall out of that routine, Yeah, uh, it's just hard to get back into it. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, that's like Eugene and I talk about it with each other all the time to where it's like you get in this great rhythm and you actually enjoy it. Like, oh, this is like I love training like this. And then it's it's not a sustainable style of training. And then the hiccup mm -hmm. happens. And then you're like, you know what? If it's not my good workout, then I'm not going to do it because right. I, have, I have this thing I like. So I'll just kind of keep skipping it. And so it's just finding those things that you can do to kind of bridge the bridge the gap between where you are now and when you're doing your kind of ideal, you know, take care of business, read scripts, get shit done three hours a day on the bike. 
you know, there's got to be something that's kind of in between. Yeah, because I feel like, you know, I think there's an aspect to that, that um, it just both both the eating, the nutrition stuff and the exercise at this point, both sound like chores rather than chores that you're never you just aren't going to do unless there's some other incentive to it. Like you know what I mean? Right. Like, oh, well, I'm well, not going to... In- my incentive is I'm now in terrible shape. So now I have my incentive. Right. <laughs> but like, you don't, but you don't feel like it's going to happen from riding that bike to the no, amount I think that it will. you I want to. I just need to. to do it. I just need to do it, man. Yeah. So I, but yeah, but my thought on, my thought on just doing it is, is just lowering your expectations of what doing it counts as. Mm-hmm. So it's like, right. if before it was like you know, a couple hours a day or a couple hours every other day. And that's what counts. I think just mentally to kind of promote self-efficacy, just saying like 10 minutes counts. Yeah. But, you right. know, just, to, just 10 minutes. It doesn't, you know, and then what always happens inevitably is you stay on there longer and then it's like you ramp back up, but it's just like, it's just getting to that place again. It's just like finding, it's like that mental barrier of, you know, 10 minutes has to be as good as three hours for right. a while. That's, yeah, yeah, that's the big one that, that dude, makes it tough. Dude, you know, t- lo- 10 minutes. Lowering, lowering my expectations, that's my jam. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be shocked about how much this fucking yeah. comes up on the show. Yeah. Like for, for anybody that's on kind of a long fitness journey, that's always what it is. It's always what yeah. it is. It's not even that they don't want to exercise. It's that they have they have exercised, and then where they where they kind of want to be and what their best kind of exercise was is mm-hmm. just too far up there, and then they just don't. They're not making the lift, right? To, you know, or they're not taking the step to get back to that. And and um, it does, you know, and it is just making something a habit as as simple as you know, you if you listen to like up first on NPR, you know, like. That's a 13-minute podcast that gives you the thing at the beginning of the day. It's like mm-hmm. you do that for 13 minutes on that bike, and then once that's over, you get off the bike and you continue your day. And that's just like, you know, part of your routine as often as you can. You do that, yeah. you know? Yeah. As far as the nutrition thing, I, my, I'm so picky about vegetables, and I do feel like it's really important for me to get those vegetables in my system. You don't, you don't um, like vegetables? I don't like them. That's why, that's the reason that, that's the reason for that drink and that straw yeah. is decades of trying and failing to ever enjoy eating those kinds of vegetables that like anytime I like a vegetable, I then find out it doesn't count as a vegetable. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, like what? Like it was like, uh, I like corn and they're like, doesn't count. And I'm like, oh, so like if I eat a bunch of corn, like, nope, not healthy. I'm like, okay, well, what about potato? That's a tuber. It says, well, it's not a meat. It, what it says, what is it? It's from a plant. It's like, no, it's not a vegetable. You know, like there's always something where if I like it, I found out a reason. I was like, well, you don't want to eat too much of that though. You know, like, well, I like carrots. Well, that's a lot of sugar in those. You know, you'll just like, uh, you know. What's the, what's the healthiest thing you like? Like give I us like. I, c- carrots. I like carrots and carrots are really healthy. Yeah. yeah. You know, I would say good. you could go nuts on carrots. Yeah, yeah. Have as many carrots as you want. Who gives uh, a fuck? That wh- I mean, I don't like them it- that much. I don't like them as much where that's even. Like, <laughs> that's a, that's I like thrilling. carrots. That's not thrilling for you, Connor. It's well, it's when you say have as many the green light on carrots. Have as many carrots as you want. <laughs> that's that's an expectation. That's an expectation that will be met really, really quickly. 
You know what I mean? That's that's one of those things where like that's like walking into like the lobby of a hotel and they have that display of brochures and like take as many as you want. And you're just like, well, I don't really want that many. Yeah, maybe I need one for now. Maybe I need one for a car. Yeah, maybe. What's what's a uh, what you would consider a healthy meal that you you actually do enjoy? Mm. I mean, I guess um, split pea soup. That's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, do you, do you eat meat? I do, but I'm trying to eat less of it. And uh, there are times when I'm vegetarian almost by accident, which is kind of a surprise. Where I'll find myself just like making vegetarian chili and. Um, not, you know, just not eating meat because I, what I find is if I don't buy meat when I go to the grocery store, then I find myself at home and I'm like, well, it's just not an option. I'd have to go back to the store. Yeah. And so then I'll just, you know, uh, have something else. I, yeah. I mean, I, I like, uh, I'm just trying to think Ve- vegetarian chili doesn't sound, are you, you're making that from scratch like yourself or are you doing canned chili? No, no, I'm making it myself where I'll get like, like some, like, tomato puree and yeah. beans and seasoning and have, have it with some crackers and you know i mean all that sounds good I, that sounds good i yeah. and like and meat meat wasn't a judgment either because i i mean i eat meat i'm not on a plant-based diet i i, I lean more maybe a little bit more plant i try to but i'm still eating a lot of meat yeah, I wouldn't say I eat a lot of meat, but it's it's one of those things where like I'm aware that it's probably smarter to not eat very much meat, you know, like on a, on multiple different levels, just in terms of environment and health. Yeah, um, yeah. you know that like I try to I, I I've because I I think growing up it felt like I was a real meat and potatoes kind of kid, mm-hmm. and that's the Midwest, um, right? I mean, that's you know, yeah. Yeah. yeah, like my mom's vegetarian and I always have to tell her, um, you know, when she goes into a restaurant, she'll ask like, oh, the, she'll ask a question. And I'm like, mom, you have to say the sentence. I am a vegetarian. You have to say it to them because it, it's like it's like asking for asylum or something. You have to say the sentence, you know, yeah. like um, and, because otherwise she'll be like that uh the soup that's not made with chicken stock is it and they'll be like uh i don't think so i'm like yeah. mom they are gonna find out it's made with chicken stock and they're gonna say like oh it's a bonus that lady out yeah. there was worried it wasn't made of chicken stock you know like <laughs> they will just like a, yeah. a, a missouri a missouri vegetarian like basically is like well you eat chicken right like right yeah. like you'll eat like pork right like that's you're vegetarian, but got like, some yeah, Eugene's yeah. got some good stories. Yeah, that's uh, it's just like oh, that's just it's just it's just shrimp in there, so it's not meat. <laughs> yeah. It's like no, 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 fish is still meat. My dad's mom would my dad's mom would have these great conversations when my mom went vegetarian. My mom was working for a group. It wasn't even an animal rights group. It was just a group trying to get make cockfighting illegal in Missouri. Okay. Uh, it was just an anti Missouri in Missouri. Um, she was trying to make it, you know, they weren't even under the illusion that it was going to stop cockfighting. It's just like, can we just at least say it's not okay? Like do it secretly. We know we're not going to prevent people in Missouri who want chickens to fight each other. They're going to find a way the, the local sheriff's going to be there betting on it, you know, like, but can we at least get a law in the books that if you get caught (laughs) running a cockfight that you were breaking the rules and, and, 
that when she was working for that group and she was like going up, this guy would bring a, a different rooster into the, the Missouri uh, <laughs> hall of the Senate every year. <laughs> and he would always say, it was like this, this here's Colonel Rooster and he lived in the lap of luxury. You know, he's just like, <laughs> he would come in and testify with this bird and, <laughs> she never was able she never was able i think eventually got outlawed it doesn't matter they're still going to keep doing it but she she tried for years and when she was working for this group she came to the realization she didn't want to eat animals anymore and my dad's mom would ask her the same 30 questions each time and they were oh, all things God. like well what do you do when you eat a pot roast <laughs> Like her questions, her questions all came from the premise that she was somehow still eating meat. And how could she be like, they were all questions like, what about chicken soup? Would you eat that? They were all just like, could not, could not understand. What do you do when you eat a pot roast? Yeah. I mean, she reacted to it. And I'm sure you get this all, all the time. That kind of, it's the kind of question where it was, it was as if you had said, I eat, but not with my mouth. <laughs> it was that level of like, well, how do you, you know, there's like, couldn't understand the concept of, wait, so you don't eat, you don't Come eat meat. Out. Well, you'd eat spaghetti and meatballs, right? Yeah. Would you eat meat sauce or just not meatballs? You know? <laughs> and the answer was the same every time. She's like, no meat. I don't eat any meat. If it's got meat, I don't eat it. You know? God damn. That is fucking hilarious. I, I have a question from a listener that that talks about some diet stuff and immune like let uh, let me read this it's an email and then we can all kind of like weigh in and maybe try to help this guy out yeah and then uh, and then it'll kind of it'll dovetail into the the cut the discussion that we're having about calories and restriction and all that kind of stuff yeah. so this is coming to us from Greg sent to our uh, Gmail account if you guys have a long form question for us like this you can reach us at askthedumbbells at gmail uh, hey, Dumbbells, I've been listening to your podcast for a few years now, and it has inspired me to commit uh, to some more consistency with my fitness and try new things like intermittent fasting. Uh, this led to uh, somewhat of a body transformation for me as I went from around 200 pounds to 160 pounds in the space of about six months of consistent exercise, reducing my intake of carbs slash sugars and intermittent fasting. I began to add some weight training into my routine to build strength and manage to maintain my new physique pretty much right up until the pandemic started. Uh, to lose weight, I would put myself <clears throat> on a caloric deficit, usually at around 500 calories a day, but sometimes uh, more, sometimes even up to 1,000, he's saying. About that time of this change, I also noticed that I would pick up mild illnesses like colds more than I used to. Over a three-month period, I came down with two heavy colds in quick succession, as well as a throat infection. I've been traveling a lot for work, so I put it down to being exposed to infections that I didn't have much immunity to, but I was still concerned that I might be overdoing it with my fitness, which was leaving my immune system compromised. Since the pandemic started, I've been conscious not to put myself in that situation for obvious reasons. Like a lot of people, my fitness has taken a hit during lockdown due to general reduction in activity from working at home, um, but also I've been reluctant to start training, uh, trying to train or even fast. Do you have any advice about how I can balance my fitness with my immune system? And what is a safe level of a calorie deficit in this regard? Uh, for more information, I'm 33, six feet tall. Uh, this is Greg from England. Wow. So six feet I mean, tall and he's, and he's 160. That's pretty lean. It is, but also his, his calorie is way too low. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, so idea the calories, what are you supposed to do per day? 2000? 
it, I mean, that's a very rough average. That's the rough, the that's thing the is, rough average. The, the thing is, if um, yeah, like a male, I think around 175 pounds or so, they say the average, you know, whatever is 2,000 calories. Now, if is he reducing his calories? That's to what a I was just going to ask. This, that's just what I was going to ask you. I think he might be saying. I hope this is what he's saying. To lose the weight, I would put myself on a caloric deficit, usually at around 500 oh, okay. calories a day. So that means okay. that he's, that makes a little bit more sense. Yeah. So, so he's trying if to. He's, if if let's say a normal person is at 2,000 calories a day, he's trying to eat 1,500 calories in a day. Now, if but sometimes he'll go to a thousand cal a thousand calorie deficit, which means he's only eating a thousand calories per day. So for somebody. You're, um, you know, you have to you have to figure out what you're like, you know. In most cases, what your BMR is, which is like, you know, what your body is burning daily to stay alive and not go into starvation mode. So, like, you're trying to get into a caloric deficit so that you're losing fat but not losing important weight. And if you're yeah. doing a thousand calories below what you are supposed to be doing, you're actually losing muscle as well. So this um, he's probably getting sick because he is uh, malnutrition. <laughs> he's, he's malnourished, you know, during this, uh, which is is bad. I mean, uh, I, I think as an overall thing, and it, it's always hard to hear whenever people want to lose weight, is that you should you know, not be losing more than a pound or two a week at most. Yeah. And anything more than that, you're losing muscle and you're losing important nutrients in your body. Anything within one or two pounds a week at most is sustainable and you'll keep it off. And it's not just, you know, um, yo-yoing water weight or anything like that. And I think that's what the important thing is to be patient about, even during the pandemic and, and gaining any weight and any of that kind of stuff. You have to be focused on losing the weight smartly because you're honestly not gaining the weight that fast. It's going yeah. over, you know, you're, if you gain a pound or two a week during this, that's also like you have to be eating 3,500 calories more per week to gain yum, that yum. weight. Yum, yum. Yeah, yeah, yum yum. I mean, but you You're know, going you can, nuts on carrots. You can easily go nuts as on many, carrots. As many carrots as, as you want. As, as many, many as you, as you want. want. Take as many. as many as you want. Like the, the best, you know, the best advice you can give somebody if they want to put on thirty five hundred calories is just find the most calorie dense foods, get some boiling water, get a glass straw, put it <laughs> in the back of your throat, and just you know, scarf it down <laughs> the back of your throat. You know, yeah. Just fucking beer bong it <laughs> down your throat. Yeah. Uh, so I think you got to look at some telltale signs of like, you know, getting sick. I mean, you're just not, yeah. you know, get your immune, you're run down. It's the, too much of a calorie deficit. Yeah. I think you got to relax on the reins a little bit there. Um, and then also, you know, look at like what, like what's, what's the spectrum of nutrition? Like how are you representing those macronutrients? And maybe you're missing something that could be, immune healthy but i mean you know you just you need like a basic amount of calories yeah. for like your kind of you know your vitals to you, you to maintain your virility and like your immune system and all that shit so i you know as far as finding that balance i would say 
My See dog's it. like, oh. I got my dog like chewing on some wires. Oh, good. That's important. <laughs> That's a good thing. Well, um, you, what you what you two have just said sounds reasonable. I don't know if you want to put a disclaimer in front of what I'm about to say. No, I'm just gonna. I, I I'm just gonna no, say, say it. Go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, this isn't based on science. I'm just gonna say this because uh, I think it will sound like something someone would say who might be wrong, but there might be truth to this. The reason we eat food is is so that when a disease enters our body, it will f- track down the food and fight the food. That's where the that's where you the, hear the phrase "food fight." That's what it originally comes from. Is the disease will will seek out the part that is not you. It will seek out the foreign objects that have entered your body, the food, and so that's why you ca- always want food in your body is to as a diversion, and it goes through your body, and then and that's why when it comes out, uh, it looks different because it's been fighting. Diseases. <laughs> I, like I love this. <laughs> um, that's the only reason we eat food is as a, a disease distraction. Uh, I, scientists will try to tell you that there are nutrients in the food. This is nah. just uh, semantics. We're talking about the same thing. Food is a warrior that fights on your behalf. Um, uh, you remember when uh, in Game of Thrones, trial by combat, when <laughs> Tyrion says, I I, uh, I want a champion to fight for me. That is what food is for you. Wow. If you don't eat yeah. food, you're going to fight the diseases yourself. Right. And, you're, and, you're, and our bodies weren't made for that. Our, no, bodies all, need... our, our bodies are all Tyrions inside. Yes, our bodies are all Tyrions. And... Uh, we need a champion, and food will be that champion. And that's why certain foods are better at fighting disease than like, other foods. Like? Okay. Like broccoli. Broccoli is a great warrior. Cancer <laughs> will come into your body. You'll breathe in cancer, and uh, the broccoli will fight it for you. But if you eat uh, a chocolate milkshake, that's not going to be a very good fighter. If you right. drink a Coca-Cola... Those bubbles, they pop right away. Right. They have no fight in them. Uh, right. And and the disease will ravage you. It's so you just good to, science. It's yeah. just good it's science. All I'm talking about is the good science. You'd wish you'd wish those Coca-Cola bubbles would just stay intact all the way through until it <laughs> nah. comes back out. Hard as nah. a rock. You'd hope. You would hope. The, the, every time a Coca-Cola uh, bubble pops, think of it as a, a warrior throwing down their weapon and running away. <laughs> That's why there's no weak. That's why there's no weaker drink in the universe than a flat Coca-Cola. Oh yeah, (laughs) that's true, man. That's true. It's a that's a coward's beverage. Yeah, flat (laughs) Coca-Cola. No, thank you. Oh man, next time I go to a diner and they give me a flat Coca-Cola, I'm gonna scream. Do you think I'm a coward? What do you think? I'm a coward. (laughs) It's just good science, guys. It's just Great. great science. Does that answer your question, Greg? I hope so. It sh- I hope Connor's answered for you. <laughs> what what is your meal of choice, though, Connor? If you me, are, do you have do you have an issue as far as uh, like like I understand that Greg, the guy that left the, uh, sent us the email, wants yeah. to have a deficiency of a thousand calories or five hundred calories, probably because he needs to like focus his brain to that much of a restriction in order for him to not overeat. Because uh, yeah. instead of a, you know, as far as portion control and that kind of stuff, it's tough otherwise to not gain the weight. So like, you know, is, are you, do you have a tendency to 
not think about food enough. So then you forget that you're supposed to, you know, because that's an issue that some people have. Or then some people are just like, oh, now it's time to eat. I'm ready to eat a feast. Yeah. I don't know if I have a meal of choice. I have a handful of meals that I feel like I, I return to often. I, I, I eat chili a lot, especially in the winter, but I'll sometimes eat it in the summer. I like, um, there's like a pork chop meal that I make based on a recipe that um, my mom gave me, which is like, I'll sort of like pour like cream of mushroom soup on it and like cook it in that. Mm-hmm. Um, I like pancakes with applesauce. I like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Um, I like pizza. You know, I don't think I'm a, an incredibly imaginative person in, in terms of the number of me- different kinds of meals that I like. Yeah. Um, what do you I think? Like a lot what do you feel like the, soup? the culprit is for you? Where do you feel like you're overdoing it? Um, snacks. I snack too much. Do you have um, a lot of snacks in your house? Do you like buy you buy snacks a lot? Uh, no, I try not to buy snacks. But the problem is, if if you don't have snacks in your house, you get determined. You start making snacks out of other things, and you realize you start <laughs> you start like MacGyvering snacks together. <laughs> you'll be like, "Well, I have this jar of peanut butter, and I have this thing, and you know, just you'll like make like two peanut yeah. butter sandwiches or something." Be like, "I'll teach you not to buy cookies." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I made these two peanut butter sandwiches. That's like a bunch of cookies. Or be like, "Ah, yeah. you have this like chocolate syrup." Um, you can make chocolate milk. That's like a candy. That's yeah. a snack. Or like, oh, you have this hot chocolate. It's not even that cold, but you'll uh, drink two of them. Got right. it. That'll, I'll teach you not to have any M&Ms here. Yeah. <laughs> you just drank two hot chocolates. You know? Your body loves to talk to you, man. Oh, I, I'm trying to think like... like. Do you drink any regular soda or anything like that? Um. I I usually get seltzer. I have a lot of seltzer. Oh, that's the good. Be- yeah. The best the best thing for me is if I can trick myself. Like, I wish I could get into this habit because when I was in good shape, I I or in better shape, I was, I would have the impulse to snack and I would just drink a whole seltzer really fast. Yeah. And then it was sort of like take away that. And I wish I could do that also with. I think that also works with water. That sometimes yeah. when you're hungry for a snack, you just drink a big thing of water and it kills the fun of a snack. Sort of totally. like, well, I don't, yeah. I don't want a snack now. I just drank a big thing of water, and it's really refreshing and great. But I, I fall out of that habit. Um, I got I got myself off of soda, and then my brain tricked myself into like, well, I don't drink soda because I I started avoiding high fructose corn syrup. But then I was like, for a treat every now and then, I'll get a glass bottle of Mexican Coca Cola. Sure, yeah. yeah, for a treat. Yeah. And then I'd be like, I do it once a week. And then I'd be like, I do it twice on the weekends. And then I'd be like, yeah. treats shouldn't just be once a week. Right. Have a treat every day, once a day. And then before I know it, I'm like, I'm drinking soda again. I got like, I'd look yeah. around and be like, I got all these glass bottles. Look at all the soda I drank. Right. Yeah. And and suddenly I'm a soda guy again. So I've stopped doing that and trying to just use the seltzer to satisfy the, the itch. To scratch you know? that itch. Yeah. You have a bit yeah. of a sweet tooth, huh? I do. I like... You know, uh, and it, your body wants you to have bad things. At least part yeah. of your body does. It wants it. My dad, um, for years now, has been uh, uh, living with multiple myeloma. And when he was first diagnosed with it, it was horrible because there it was a doctor who had missed it. 
This is the same like mm-hmm. cancer that Tom Brokaw has. And I didn't know about it before he got it. And there was a thing where the way he found out he had it was he went to a doctor. He's like, my back is bothering me. They said, oh, there's nothing wrong with you. Take these Tylenol. And then his back ended up just breaking out of the blue. Like his back broke, like in the third Batman. And <laughs> like what happened to Bane, where Bane, like when he what fought Bane Batman, did to that, Batman, what Bane did to Batman, that's what happened to my dad. His back broke. And yeah. they were like, your back broke because you have multiple myeloma and it has eaten away at your bones. Wow. And so he, there was this like long period where he was really out of it because they were like, we got to fix the back. We got to do this. We got to do that. And during this time, we were like just trying to get him to eat and just yeah. anything that we could get to get him to eat. It was just like whatever it was. And he's like, I want steak and shake. So we go up to steak and shake and we get him steak and shake. And he's like, I want Twizzlers. And, you know, it was just like. And we're like, just like, we just got to get him to eat. And then there was a point where I bought a book that was like the foods that you like need to fight cancer and the foods that you need to avoid. And the foods that you need to avoid was a list of everything he had been asking for. And I was like, yeah. oh my God, it's like, it's like you have an alien host. It's like the cancer was ordering food. You know, <laughs> it was like, it was That's like the wild. thing. It was really kind of almost like felt like a horror movie premise where we were like, that wasn't dad ordering that food. That was, that was the cancer was like, I want Twizzlers. I want steak and shake. And, and you just realize it's like, oh, it was almost to the letter. Everything that he had asked for was on the list of like things that you must avoid if you're trying to recover from cancer. And the list of stuff that was good for you was all the stuff that he's like, I don't want that. And it's just like, that's it's really weird. Like I, I do that for fun where I'll talk about like the way that, you know, the way that your body communicates with you as if it's a person, but there there are weird things like that in terms of like what your body wants versus what your body needs. And it's almost like a child, like the way a child will be like, I want to stay up. And like, you're yes. going to, you're going to be feel bad if you stay up. Like you're going to feel sad and angry tomorrow if you don't sleep yeah. tonight. Yeah. But the kid doesn't know. The kid doesn't know that the best thing for them is to go to bed right now and sleep all night. Yeah. Well, you're you're 100% right. And we have mentioned there's this book called The Hungry Brain that's really interesting. And um we have these kind of instincts in us that are that are hardwired, the way that we're hardwired uh, that haven't changed because our food environment has evolved faster than we have, right? And so as these kind of like hunter-gatherers we would get we we would and do get rewarded by our brain with like dopamine and all this kind of good feeling stuff when mm. we eat something that's really really calorie dense because when we kind of like came to form and evolved there wasn't a lot of calories out there so if you fucking happened upon a a big jug of honey your brain would reward you for fucking drinking all of it because that may be it for a while. And yeah. so, you know, cut to not that long from an evolutionary standpoint later to where now we have calories available to us 24 seven all the time. And like eating 500 Twizzlers, you still get that like ancient kind of reward from your brain because it's like, it doesn't know that we can get Twizzlers all the time now, or, you know, whatever it is, insert right. ice cream, all that kind of shit. So your dad, great- you know, yeah, what What's a that? great name for it—the ancient reward. It feels like it feels like yeah. it's almost like it's such a regal name for, for for eating the worst crap you could eat. 
Yeah, so it's just like you get this like you get this kind of like dopamine reward and rush for having Coca-Cola or ice cream or all this kind of shit because it mm. used to save our lives and then now it's just fucking killing us. And then Eugene and I talk, you know, you have all these like food chemists and psychi- psychologists and psychiatrists that work for the food companies and they know all this shit. So they just stack the deck against us, mm-hmm. and that's why you know, and that's why people over same with like marketing people, yeah. Why marketing, can't those? Yeah, here's what I want: I want the food scientists to make it so that why can't they work together in harmony with these goals? Because can't you make new broccoli that doesn't taste like broccoli? It tastes like pizza, <laughs> yeah. and the more right. pizza you eat, the more you want to buy more pizza. But it's all good for you. Like, I mean, I yeah. guess I bought a drink. I've talked about this on uh, uh, a number of occasions recently because and I think you guys, this might be the first place where it's really appropriate for me to talk okay. about it. Um, I bought a soda. Uh, I went to a stop and shop and they had all a big aisle of sodas. And I was looking at the seltzers and next to the polar seltzers, they had polar sodas. And there was a big bottle, a liter bottle of a soda called Diet Double Fudge. <laughs> Okay. I bought it because I thought it was funny. Yeah. Yeah. And I drank it thinking I'd probably drink it and throw the rest of it away. I drank the whole bottle because it tastes like um, the flavor of chocolate uh, Tootsie Roll Pop. It's Uh that specific flavor. I like that flavor. And and I realize this is just because they round down at a certain point when they list in calories, but I was fascinated by the fact that if you uh, drank... There were three portions in the bottle, and each portion was zero calories. But if you drank the whole bottle, it was 10 calories. Um, <laughs> and I, I think the magic of that is anything under five calories, they round it down to zero. Okay. Um, but I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, the way to do this is drink a little bit and put it away. It's like saying Beetlejuice. <laughs> it's like saying Beetlejuice. You didn't say it. Just don't do it all at once. And um, that sounded like a Norm MacDonald uh, joke. They just, hey, you didn't do it. Just, you know, don't, don't do it all at once, right? And... Um, <laughs> But um, my guess, my question for you is: Was that a healthy drink that I drink? <laughs> uh, depends on what it's sweetened with. Uh, you know, I, I like that there was uh, some calories in there. I mean, some of those like artificial sweeteners can be a little dicey. You know, you, you're getting yeah. a lot of chemicals, and then there's also the um, you know drinking something sweet. So there's tons of like theories and research and bro science on. Does drinking like a diet beverage that tastes sweet, can you gain weight from that? And what we've ultimately been able to kind of figure out in answering this question so many times is that I think what I think what happens is, is that it primes your body for calories to come in. So you taste something sweet and then you get like a like a chemical response in your body because it's like, oh shit, there's something sweet going on. We're gonna get calories. And then you it then creates hunger for that might not have been there before because you had that sweet taste. So it can ultimately lead to, you know, to bad food habits in the long run. But as far as drinking like a zero calorie drink that tastes sweet, you know, pound for pound, you're not going to put weight on from that, but it can lead to some, it can lead to some, you overcoming some flavor plateaus or palate fatigue, you know, by yeah. drinking something sweet that even though you're not getting calories from it, and then that can lead to some like kind of compulsive eating and stuff too. Yeah. But yeah. I am curious to try this diet double, double fudge, fudge because yeah. it does sound it does sound like the, the results. I'm I'm fascinated by the negotiation that happened in like yeah. Cause at we're that not calories, make diet shouldn't fudge. It, shouldn't it yeah. just be called fudge? Because the diet yes, and the be. double just kind of 
I like imagining that some guy was like wanted it to be like five times the fudge or something. <laughs> they, they talked him down. It's like, well, if it's going to be diet. It's got to be six times the fudge. <laughs> um, Kids have YouTube now. We got to compete. Yeah. Diet double uh, fudge. It's a, do you remember they, Jolt? Jolt's campaign was all the sugar twice the caffeine. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that shit was fucking wild. That the confidence of that is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like it's almost like like someone should have a drink that just is advertising like this drink will kill you. Yeah, <laughs> people buy it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, burger places have like the double, you know, double heart attack burger or whatever. Like, yeah, they're not afraid uh, to put it. What's in that there. restaurant? There's that restaurant. Uh, in is it in Vegas or something? I think so. Where it's like a heart attack. Cafe yeah, every, or something like that. Everything in there is like to to clog your yeah, arteries yeah. or something. Uh, and hey, I hey, want to go. Sure. I'm hungry now. Now I'm hungry. <laughs> um. Well, Connor, we have to have you back on because I don't. I just want to. I just want you to answer I, a bunch of questions. Yes. Now, now. Yes. This is so fun. Um. We got it. So I want you to um. Give us like just throw out like one quick goal like minor goal just so that we have an excuse to have you back on and right. you either stick to it or you don't, but we'll check in, we'll check in with you and then have some more fun and, yeah. uh, and see where you're at. So pick something, but make it, make it, make it attainable, make it attainable. Yeah. And, and then while you're thinking about it, think for a second, I want to say that, uh, if you guys have a question for us, um, long form question. You can reach us at ask the dumbbells at gmail.com, like our listener Greg. Yeah. Uh, if you want to work if you want to us on uh, social media. Yeah. If you want to reach us short form style, um, you know, like, um, you know, with like a referee jersey or, um, you know, you just have like a question to ask some British guy at a desk and then a bunch of people in similar colored shirts can answer. Um, you can do so on our social media and that's at the, the dumbbells on all platforms weird comedy sports reference yep, for yep. three people that's good well not for our audience it's for everybody <laughs> who subscribes yeah. um connor do you have a us a, a uh attainable goal yeah i want to get i want to remember to get into the habit of doing that the water trick the water trick yeah love it um because i do like <clears throat> there's a trick that i do uh and this is not a useful trick um <laughs> All right. Health health wise, but I think you could take the the approach from it. It's similar to the water tr trick, which is okay. Like I don't like Twizzlers. Um, I don't think they're a very good candy. Mm -mm. Um, red vines, red vines. Yeah, like I just like if I was gonna be in a store and someone was like buy some candy, it would never occur to me. But every now and then, you find yourself in a circumstance where there are Twizzlers like on offer. Like, hey, do you want a Twizzler? Or they have Twizzlers. Or like, hey, there's a free bag of Twizzlers. You know, like you'll find yourself. <laughs> In yeah. that situation. And I was eating a Twizzler once and I thought. You're talking about Twizzler parties. I was at a Twizzler party. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I found myself eating a Twizzler and I thought, you know, this isn't great candy. But if this was like soap or a candle and I just was eating it and it tasted this good, I would be so impressed. I'm like, this is really like if someone just had like a candle and you started eating it and you were like. <laughs> It's not bad. <laughs> like, it's actually pretty good. Um, and uh, and I think you could do that with water really easily. <laughs> where all you have to do is, in order to want water, just sit in a room and tell yourself you can't have any more water. And sit there for yeah. five minutes and be like, we're out of water. 
There's no more water. Right. You can't drink any water. You're never allowed to have water again. And then just get some tap water and you'll be like, oh my God, this water is like, (laughs) trick yourself into feeling like you're, there are some people's last thought in their whole life is water. Like there's just, they, (laughs) they, they dehydrate (laughs) and it takes five minutes for any, I think person with half decent imagination to get your body into the, like right now, if we just think about it, like I really can never have water again. I'm not allowed. I'm locked in here and there's no water supply. And I won't be able to drink again. And then release yourself from it five year, five minutes later. Not five years later. <laughs> don't, don't, do not wait five years. You will die within weeks. Yeah. Do it five minutes. I got to say, dude, just hearing you do this whole spiel, I'm fucking thirsty yeah. and I want to eat a candle. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, there is some power to it. That's, oh, man. That's great. That's great. Though. I, I'll, I'll say one, one very last thing because I think it really will complete the portrait of me as... Am I one of the weirdest people you've had on, like, no. palette-wise? No, Not even no, close? No, you're great. Not even close? No. Okay, great. No, Horatio's done the podcast. Before. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, I just don't know what the what the, what the the low is in terms of, of how... Because <laughs> all this stuff feels normal to me. One time, I was going to the movies at uh, Kipps Bay when I lived near there. I was going to the movie theater by myself, and I decided to go to the Rite Aid to get some candy beforehand. Smart. And And I thought you know what? And this is one of the dumbest things I did as an adult. I thought, you know what? I, when I was a kid, I used to really like Flintstones vitamins. (laughs) (laughs) They were like candy. And I thought, instead of getting candy, I'm just going to buy a thing of Flintstones vitamins and eat that for my candy. And, and I bought a, bottle of Flintstones vitamins and I snuck them into the movies. Not like they would have stopped me. I could have, I could have walked in <laughs> yeah. holding them yeah. and it would have been like we lost money at the concession stand. Um, and you buy our I, vitamins at AMC. Okay. And I movie starts and I open up. I pop my thumb through the little top seal <laughs> to get the vitamins and I like popped a few in my mouth like candy and I was like these are chalky medicine. These are not like how did i ever think that these were sweet like candy um and and then i was like i have nothing to eat and i was also realizing like oh i'd probably get really sick if i ate a whole bottle of flintstones yeah Yeah. vitamins i I didn't i only ate the couple because i instantly was like these taste terrible um because it was sort of the that was sort of the opposite of the twizzler candle where i was like i thought i remembered these being candy but it's no they were candy for a thing that you got to eat at bedtime before you brushed your teeth Right, uh, you know, like when you were like, yeah, five. it was in the in the, in the place of something that should normally not be good at all. You know, yeah, it's, like, it's wow, like, these are like candy. Yeah, yeah, like I might. It was the equivalent of if I bought like a bottle of Dimatap for my like <laughs> beverage. Yeah, I'd be like I remember it being pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Oh um, man, yeah, it's got a good grape character, but yeah, it's when you're expecting medicine. Yeah, it, it works both ways. I dig it. I dig the all water right. thing as a goal. I think Same. that'll that'll also, it promotes mindfulness around food because you you really, aside from whatever fullness you get from the water, mentally you think like, is this snack worth it? And having a glass of water prior to kind of puts you in that headspace. Um, people should listen to the Dead Eyes podcast. It's on the HeadGum Network. Yeah. You can find it anywhere you listen to podcasts. It's a lot of fun. Uh, Connor, anything else you'd like to plug, promote? You Give us your social media, all that good stuff. 
my Twitter is at Connor Ratliff. So if you spell my name right, you're there. Um, and uh, I do the George Lucas talk show on planetscum.live every yes. Sunday, uh, which is a show where I pretend to be George Lucas. And so Griffin funny. Newman is my talk show sidekick, Watto. And we have all kinds of guests. It's it's not a show that you don't even have to have ever seen or heard of Star Wars in order to like the show. Um, half the time, we don't even mention Star Wars. Um, <laughs> God. Doesn't, there are whole shows where it doesn't come up, you know? Um, and a lot of people who like the show who don't like any George Lucas things, but they like our show. So, so uh, check it out. Yeah, Love tons it. of funny, co- funny comedy people on there, yeah. great guests and all that. Yeah, awesome. Dude, thank yeah. you so much for doing the show. We loved having you. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, I'll come so, back anytime. Please. Yes. Well, you'll be, you'll be back soon because we're going to check in on that water goal. <laughs> so on behalf of myself and Eugene Cordero, the Dumbbells, and our wonderful guest today, Connor Ratliff, we'd like to remind everybody that's out there listening to Train Dirty. Eat clean. And live in between. That was a HeadGum Podcast.